but try to make it not be him. I was like, try to make it be somebody else because his little, his face right there, when he goes, you know where to find me. I was like, yeah, porking your sister. What are you doing? I was sitting on this. I have just random balls of yarn everywhere because I'm a crocheter, a hooker, if you will, which I will not. But anyway, I found this and so I'm untangling it. Well, I've had a rough week. Oh, what happened? So my dog, Locke, love him to death, but he has a bit of a destructive side and it's like a 50-50 shot when I come home that something has been destroyed. So I was out of the apartment for like two hours. Just don't destroy everything. And I, and I come home and I'm like, oh, good job, buddy. No evidence that you destroyed anything. And then I noticed my bedroom door was open, which I don't typically leave open. And when I walked in there, I found these. Oh my God. Those are destroyed. Yeah. I think it's because he's mad at you for doing this podcast. Yeah, for those of you listening, uh, it was my headphones that I used to record and edit. So I'm using my AirPods today. I ordered a new set of headphones. Now, these aren't cheap. Fortunately for me, they were a gift. So I went and I purchased a new set and I got confirmation on Wednesday while I was at work that they were delivered. Oh no. You may remember I live in a shithole. <laughs> Somebody stole it? Yeah. FedEx and Logitech Support, which is the brand I got the headphones from, are both running their own independent investigations on if they can send me a new one. And I was like, investigation over. It's not here. Can you send me another one? I'm waiting on that. <laughs> that sucks though, because that's like... I've had that happen where they'll just send me a new whatever, but it's always like a $10 Amazon thing. But those are expensive headphones, so they're probably not just going to send you a new one, no problem. Yeah, it's. I'm sure it's going to be a whole thing. You should have had them delivered to dad's or something. I don't know why I didn't think to do that. So one time I had gone up to Columbus and I visited Delaney and... I got all the way back to Kentucky and realized that I had her house key in my purse. So I had to express ship it to her. And then I was like, okay, it should have arrived. Well, someone stole it. So she had to have her locks changed because somebody (laughs) stole her house key. When somebody stole my uh, DoorDash later that day and I caught them doing it, I was like, you didn't happen to steal my headphones too while you were at it, did you? You caught somebody stealing your DoorDash? Yeah, I opened the door and they were like bent over to pick it and they pretended like they were the ones dropping it off. But I had got that notification on like five minutes prior. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I just grabbed the food and slammed the door. Wow, people are bold. I don't get it. Welcome back, everyone. This episode was a fucking doozy. Oh, you know what? Right before we started, I was going to be I was going to let you know I was going to try to cuss less. And I already failed. (laughs) This episode was a doozy. 
Yeah, it was uh it was screwed up. I have strong opinions, so let's uh let's get into it. Oh wait, I'm supposed to do my synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I look, don't look at me like that. I remembered and I have it. My synopsis is pretty simple this week. Block bulks up his resume for a cult leader by forcing Boone to have a traumatic experience, and food is becoming a concern on the island. <laughs> you know, I was watching this episode and just thinking, my God, Locke is just kind of like the central, f- even though it's a Boone episode, Locke was kind of like the central figure and not necessarily in a positive way. No, I, I've got a lot to say about that. Ready for some quick bits? I've never been readier Right. Ooh. So this episode was Carlton Cuse's first script. Now that means nothing to you, but he eventually went on to be the showrunner for the rest of the series. Wow. Well, one of the two showrunners. Wow. This episode was also directed by Rob Holcomb, who did two episodes of Lost in Total. He doesn't come back until season five, but he's also done NCIS LA. Good Wife, Law and Order, L.A., Elementary. And the last thing he directed was that Criminal Minds spinoff, Beyond Borders, in 2017. And he hasn't done anything since. Didn't even know that was a thing. Shannon's boyfriend has a tattoo on his shoulder of the Chinese characters for bravery and courage. (laughs) This is to represent the journey of self-discovery that Boone undergoes in this episode. You think that's a stretch? That's a stretch. Yeah. Okay. What if I told you that Charles Measure, who plays the boyfriend, does not have tattoos in real life? So they were deliberately placed. Yeah, I figured if the tattoos symbolize something for Boone, I wouldn't think that guy just has them. And then they were like, well, I guess they could symbolize some bullshit for Boone. Yeah, I think that's weird. That's an odd choice. And lastly... Boone was originally going to be named Boone Anthony Markham V, and they were going to call him Five. Being called Five was going to be a reference to the character Fiverr from the book Watership Down, which was that book that Boone had that Sawyer stole. In the season one DVD special features, it's revealed that the writers ran a search and replace on the pilot part one script, resulting in an accidental change in dialogue, having Jack say one, two, three, four, Boone. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's one of your best quick bits yet. (laughs) I thought it was pretty funny. All right, let's get into it. This episode starts off with another opening of a close-up of an eye. This time it's Boone's. You just made a face. I didn't remember that that happened. (laughs) He is watching Saeed give Shannon a pair of shoes as a thank you for helping with the translations. They joke about her feet swelling. And as Boone is a creeper, Hurley asks him why he and Locke have not been bringing in any boar in the last week. Boone deflects, but Hurley reminds him how important it is that they keep bringing in food. We get our first flashback. Boone is a rich boy playing tennis when he gets a phone call from Shannon. While Boone is initially irritated by the call, Shannon attempts to explain her situation and gets into a screaming match with someone, causing Boone to jump into hero mode. 
He says he will come get her, and she tells them that she is in Sydney. What were your first impressions of pre-Island Boone? Uh, rich boy playing tennis pretty much sums it up. Yeah, freaking everything about that flashback just irritated me. Really? I had like very little thoughts on it. I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing, just getting it out of the way now. I've given Boone a lot of crap over the course of the podcast, and I at sometimes felt like I was doing it too much. This episode has made me hate Boone so much. Really? I feel yeah. like you, you do give him a lot of shit, and I really don't feel like it's that deserved. Well, but, I, f- I feel like up until this episode, you were right. However, he kind of sucks. I only feel like he sucks for one reason, and we'll get into it. I also, mean that- I untangled the yarn. <laughs> <laughs> At every turn, he did something that was obnoxious. Do you know who my mother is? Do you know who I am? Let me buy you off with my money. Okay, but like, that's just rich people shit. And that's all flashback Boone, you know? That's yeah, not like Boone on the island. Island Boone is a little different. But I mean, like, you also got to think about the stuff that we've seen so far. When he was yelling at Jack and White Rabbit, he was like, I run a business. Yeah, but... I still feel like you're being way too harsh. I want, I want it to be on the record that you have said that Jack is the worst and Kate's annoying. This is the first time I'm saying something negative about the character. And you're like, you're being too harsh. Yeah. I just feel like you're being too harsh. I don't know. Like, I'm not like, I'm not like the biggest Boone fan, but I like him. I feel like he's like, we've said it many times, he's golden retriever boy. And it's like, he's, he's like stupid, but, but he's, he's like pretty and dumb. And we're just going to let him be pretty and dumb. Well, that might be the reason why you're okay with him and I'm not. Maybe, but I don't know. I, I, I like Boone overall, but this episode just, I was rolling my eyes a lot. Uh, Maybe it's because I was too focused on something else. We'll get to it. Back on the island, Boone walks up to Saeed and tells him to stay away from Shannon. Saeed is not scared of Boone and mocks him for giving him an order. That was so hot. Listen, I'm just going to do it early. I decided in this moment, I said, Lauren, Saeed is hottie of the week, but try to make it not be him. I was like, try to make it be somebody else because his little, his base right there when he goes you know where to find me i was like yeah porking your sister (laughs) so anyway um i my mind was not changed it was only confirmed later on i'll get to what confirmed it but saeed's hottie of the week at one point i was thinking to myself i really hope lauren doesn't pick boone as hottie of the week (laughs) i tried to pick him i actually did i was like I was like, it's a Boone-centric episode. Like, I do find him very attractive, but he's pretty not hot. Boone says it's not an order. It's more of a friendly suggestion. Saeed asks, what if he doesn't? And before Boone can answer, Locke calls his attention to some fresh tracks, and Boone leaves with Locke. That scene gave me, I'm going to start dating her even harder energy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. Locke and Boone are making their way through the jungle. 
as they move, Locke tells Boone that he needs to drop his issues with Saeed because he is competent and they will want him on their side, which is a very good description of Saeed. <laughs> and hot. I was so glad that they said competent. That's how I've been describing Saeed this entire time and hot. Boone argues that Saeed is hitting on Shannon and points out that people are talking about how they go out every day and bring back nothing. Locke says there's plenty of fruit and fish for the survivors, and what they are doing is more important. They brush off the top of the hatch, and we get our first decent look at it. It's basically a door with no handle and a little window. He says, I'm afraid now this is our priority. I just feel like, yeah, absolutely focus on the hatch, but like, you could also go get a boar, dude. Like, like one boar every three days. He ends up just spending the rest of the time staring at the fucking ocean. He couldn't have gone out and got a boar while he was making Boone go crazy. Seems lazy. Well, his cover story was Boone is hunting. I get that, but he could have been hunting and nobody would have been the wiser. Nobody was going to find him or Boone. We've only really ever seen him bring in two boar, so we don't really know how hard it is to bring one in. It's not like he can be like, okay, we're going to dig for the hatch for six hours and we're going to go get a boar real quick to cover. I know, but he's not even trying. He could have tried. Gone up and set up a trap or something. Like, come on, dude. Hurley asks if he has doctor-patient confidentiality with Jack and then tells him he's having digestive issues. Same. Jack asks what he is eating and Hurley names every single fruit on the island. Jack says that he should try protein, but Hurley argues that there's no boar. And Jack tells him he should try to eat some fish. Hurley explains that Jin hates him after he insulted his honor by rejecting a sea urchin in the first few days that they were there. Jack asks if he's going to eat the leaves that he's been collecting during the conversation. And Hurley explains that they're not for eating and leaves. I was so happy that he brought up the whole thing with Jin because I, when that happened early on i was like "Ooh, i feel like that's a big deal and then they never really addressed it again so i felt like validated in that moment i remember in the episode where charlie's trying to get a fish for shannon and charlie and hurley were splashing around in the ocean you were like go talk to Jin," and i was like you don't think that Jin might be offended that hurley rejected his sea urchin and you were like whatever (laughs) <laughs> no, I did not say whatever. I said, have Charlie go ask You did him. say have Charlie go. And I don't think Charlie would have been much better. No, I don't. But you know what I mean? Whatever. Don't try to argue with me. We never argue. What I was saying was, I was trying to hint at this. Yeah, but I already knew it. You didn't have to hint at it. I'm really smart. Hint at this storyline coming up. <laughs> I already knew it. I'm really smart. Jack finds Kate collecting some passion fruit seeds, and she shows him that Sun has planted a garden. He asks when she had time to do all this, and Kate explains that Sun was the one who planted the garden. She merely found it. Jack compliments Sun, and she smiles. Jack then says it's smart to plant a garden with the boar running out, but Kate proposes that maybe the boar's not running out. Locke simply just stopped hunting. Which is true, but she's saying, like, oh, he's... I don't know if she's saying he stopped hunting or that he maybe he is getting bored, but like just for himself type of thing, which I don't think he would do that. Now, he did stop hunting because 
It's fucking lock. She said, a lot of mouths to feed. Why put yourself at risk? Mm, so it could imply. I guess, yeah, you're right. I guess I took it as like a lot of mouths to feed, not that many boar. Why is, wouldn't he just hunt for boar for himself and like just only feed himself? But yeah, maybe you're right. What do you think about the garden? Cool beans. Love sun for that. That's like a long-term thing. So that's like the continuing uh, motif of they've just accepted it. Not a motif. Bean. Maybe. Yeah, I think it does show kind of acceptance, but it's also like, even if they haven't accepted it, they still need to have a plan for if it is going to be a long-term thing. Uh, And I think it's cool that she knows how to do that and that she's... You know what? Boone could take a page from Sun's playlist. She didn't talk about being useful. She just was useful. She can't really do that. (laughs) Good point. Maybe Boone should (laughs) unlearn English and go do something useful. What do you think about the growing suspicion of Locke? Kate has voiced suspicion, and we know Shannon is suspicious because she talks to Boone in the previous episode about what they're doing. I think fucking finally. I think, why did it take this long? I've been suspicious of him the whole time. It's only been a week of them not bringing anything in. I could have talked to that man for 30 seconds and said, that's suspicious. (laughs) 30 seconds. Hello, I'm John Locke. What are you hiding, sir? <laughs> just be like, he'd be like, I'm John Locke. <laughs> Why did I say that? Like a political ad. I'm John Locke. John Locke, and I approved this, this message. And then I would have been like, you might be a serial killer, sir. And that that's all it would take. Or that creepy little smile he did with the orange peel in his mouth. That was adorable. That's suspicious. <laughs> that's weird. Boone recaps that the hatch door is sealed shut with cement and the glass is not breaking. He asks Locke what he's doing with a bowl and Locke tells him it's for later. Boone asks what the goal is of just staring at the hatch and Locke dives into the story of how Michelangelo's father beat him for using his hands for a living. Michelangelo learned not to use his hands and stared at marble for four months. When asked what he was doing, he said he was working. The marble statue eventually became the statue of David. You know, I was going to make fun of Locke for essentially comparing himself to Michelangelo, but I do the exact same thing. Before I can start working on anything, I have to stare at it for a really long time. Like, I'm making a little haunted house display thing for work, and I just laid the paper out and stared at it for like 30 minutes. So... I kind of get it. I am working. I have to do that. I can't just dive into something. It's like back when I was in college. I'm like, oh, I've got a 15-page paper due. Open a blank document. Stare at it for 30 minutes. I'm working. I am working. Boone asks if they're going to stare at the hatch for four months. And Locke explains that they're just trying to figure out a way to open it just by looking at it. Get another flashback. Boone knocks on a door and a man answers. He enters the room, telling him that he is Shannon's brother and that he's looking for her. Shannon walks in and asks why Boone is there. 
Boone is annoyed having flown all the way to Australia. And Shen explains that now is not a good time because they're going to go hang out with some friends. But she flashes a bruise on her forehead that is hidden by her hair. Boone picks up on this and leaves. My question is, with the hindsight of the rest of the show, did she fake that bruise and then she just had it, just waiting for him to show up? Because she didn't know when he was going to show up. You know, that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Or was she like, look, we got to really sell this. You got to knock me around a little bit. Just like, you know, Kate with the bank vault thing. She's like, don't hold back. Black. I was picturing like makeup, but you make a good point. He, she didn't know. Yeah. Um, Unless they were in communication. And when he actually got there, she was like, oh, what are you doing here? And that's why he was so annoyed. I don't think so. Also, 2004, cell phones weren't really that, like, prominent. No, I don't think so. I think uh, that was a little, uh, I don't know if I want to say plot hole, but just kind of not well thought out. Maybe the second. Unless, the other thing is, like, he really could have been hitting her. And that could just be another layer, layer to this complex situation that they have. He did take all the money, as we know, so. Yeah, and, like, just because she's continuing to scam Boone, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's also not in abusive relationships. It's true. Back on the island, Hurley explains to Jin, as if Jin can understand what he's saying, that he understands that Jin doesn't like him and he's not asking for any favors or handouts. Just point him in the right direction and he will get his own fish. Jin laughs at a spear and tells him to go back to camp. But Hurley doesn't understand what he said. I like to imagine that he was like, yeah, get out of here, you dummy, with your stupid knife. Good luck. <laughs> it's been a while since we've talked about Jin. How are you feeling about him these days? I thought this was a really good episode for him. We saw some character development. Like, we kind of made amends with Hurley. We see some cutesy eyes between him and Sun. It was good. I liked it. I feel like, you know what? He's just keeping his head down, catching fish for people, doing what he can. Kind of silently saying sorry for punching Michael over and over and over. Good little comedic action out of him today, too. Yeah, I liked that storyline between him and Hurley. It was funny. When he was like, no, we'll get to it. <laughs> I, do, I do want to point out that Hurley yelled alto to Jin to get him to stop. Is that Spanish? It's, it is for like tall. It means tall, but I mean, I'm assuming it's some kind of, it must be Korean for something. I I, I refuse to believe, maybe it is Korean. I don't know, but I refuse to believe that Hurley knows any Korean. Yeah, but like, maybe he's watched, like, I mean, we've all watched something, some sort of Korean film or show or whatever maybe he's just watched some korean tv i mean maybe but i've watched lost and i've watched squid games and i don't know a word of korean i don't know if i know a word of korean but i can recognize when korean is being spoken and maybe if he's heard sun and jin communicate enough then maybe he could get he found one word who knows i'm sure editing zane will figure out what alto means and put it in right here Editing Zane here. Alto is stop in Spanish. 
It's on stop signs. Nice try, Lauren, you freaking idiot. Good job editing, Zane. Now I actually have to do it. (laughs) Boone argues to Locke that they need to tell the others what they're doing, and Locke explains that the others are not ready and that they will not understand. Boone says he doesn't understand himself, and Locke says that's the problem. Boone asks to at least tell Shannon because he cannot continue to lie to her. And Locke asks why he cares so much about Shannon. I thought that was the weirdest question. And I, I get it. Locke picked up on what we learn later. <laughs> but I thought it was a weird question. Like, oh, why do you care so much about your sister? Like, it's his sister. I would hope that if you found the hatch... You would tell me, even if some bald cult leader serial killer was telling you not to. Absolutely. I'd be like, grab a shovel and dig. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know about that. I'm busy that day. I also also wouldn't be like taking care of your ass on the island. If anything, I'd be coming to you. I'd be like, you are in the woods way more than me. I need some assistance here. Yeah. Well, I'd like to think that by the second day, we'd be so sick of each other that just we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> I'd walk up to you. Hey, uh, Jack's taking a group of people to the caves. I'm going to go with him. Please stay here. Nice. <laughs> Our relationship is really good from, from opposite ends of the country. Kate asked me if I was sad when you left. I was like, for a day. But then I realized that we get along so much better. <laughs> Thanks, Dick. You look actually sad. <laughs> Nobody cares that I'm gone. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know everybody cares. Everybody loves me so much, but I'm never coming back. Boone even goes as far to say that Shannon is special. Locke asks if he cannot keep lying to her or he can't stand the way that she makes him feel because he's lying. Do you think the others, not just Shannon, should be told about the hatch at this point? No. Why? There's no point. Is there a point in not telling them? Like, it could cause something, some sort of chaos. Like, I don't really know that it would, but it could. might have more manpower. (laughs) Yeah, maybe tell a couple people. I would tell Saeed. I would definitely tell Saeed. But I wouldn't be telling everybody. I would only tell someone if they could serve a purpose to the mission. Shannon doesn't serve a purpose. Boone just needs to get better at lying, I think. I feel like of all the people to tell, Saeed might not be the best person because he'd be like, um, it doesn't have a handle and it's sealed shut. Probably shouldn't open it. Absolutely not. I think Saeed would want to open it and I think he'd figure out how. Also, what do you think he means by they're not ready? I don't know. That's some cult shit. That's some like, he's like, this hatch is the heart and soul of this island. They're not ready because they haven't been drugged and tied up in the jungle, and so they haven't earned it yet. Little fucking weirdo. Got some hot takes on lock today. I, oh, I haven't even scratched the surface. This is a great reminder uh, that Locke is my favorite character. I don't give a shit. Boone says that she can keep a secret, and Locke asks if he is sure he wants to go down this path. Boone says he's sure, and Locke knocks him out with the butt of his knife. How are people just so confident? One time, just one time in media, I want to see somebody 
in a scene like this where they're just like, too bad. And they like knock them out and then it doesn't work. And they're just like, ah, dude, why'd you do that? Because why is everybody just so confident that they can make people unconscious that easily? I've seen it a couple times in shows and movies. My favorite example is the Vulcan neck pinch in Spaceballs when he does it and he's like, oh, you're doing it all wrong. You got to do it up higher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do love Spaceballs. We ain't found shit. <laughs> See, your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> Boone wakes up and finds that he has been tied up in a weird position and Locke is continuing to make something in his little coconut bowl. He applies the goo to the back of Boone's head, saying an untreated wound will get infected. At the time, did you suspect anything of that? I was like, he's been making that goo, like, since the beginning. So he just knew he was going to knock Boone out. I didn't realize what it was, like, what we realized later. But I was like, why was he planning to knock Boone out. He didn't know that Boone was going to want to tell Shannon. I don't know. I was like, honestly, what I was thinking this moment is like, once again, he's acting like a cult leader. Like his whole little monologue as he's wiping the stuff on his head. The guy already was like, what is going on? And now I'm like, I, I cannot with him. I can't stand Locke right now. So you do not like him or you're just frustrated with him right now? I don't like him. Like, I understand that a show needs like I'm going to I'm going to say it. To right now he's a villain to me. I is I Ethan do. Ethan out there and the monster? Ethan's not in this episode. The monster is equally a villain with Locke. They're in cahoots. Because <laughs> Locke left him out there. He put him in that situation. Honestly, like I really hated Locke this episode. You mean he's in cahoots with the monster because he left them out there for the monster? Yeah, essentially. Like, baiting it. Okay. Remind me to ask you a question at the end. I'm writing it down. Ooh, wait a minute. Is, did the monster even really show up, or was that all, was that all an That's illusion? That's the question I'm going to ask you. Locke tells him where camp is and throws a knife into the ground in front of Boone, telling him he will be able to cut himself free when he has the proper motivation. Boone yells after Locke as he leaves. He struggles to grab the knife and then calls for help in general. And this triggers a flashback. A cop is telling him that nothing can be done about Shannon's situation. As this happens, Sawyer gets dragged by as he's being arrested. Do they ever acknowledge that? Like, does Boone realize that Sawyer was in there? Or does he just, oh, it's some random guy and he doesn't realize it? probably the, the latter, but this will not be the last time the survivors just happen to run into each other. We learned that Shannon was once married and that Boone and Shannon are actually step siblings, no blood relation. And all that in which <laughs> felt very forced. I was more so focused on the fact that she's been married. Isn't didn't we establish already that she's like 20 years old? Yeah, but I mean, like, we've we've known people to get married young. Yeah. We also know that a lot of time when people are getting married young, parents will say, it's a mistake. Not uh, saying it necessarily is, but, like, it just clearly was for them. Yeah, I'm just surprised because I just feel like... I, that just seems out of character for her. But I guess 
it depends on the whole timeline. Like if her dad died and she really did kind of get like cut off, then maybe she married for money. For money. Boone tries to play the do you know who my mother is card and even says what his job title is, trying to throw his weight around a little bit. Why in the world would a police officer in Australia give a flying shit that his mother has a wedding business? Who cares? Rich people, man. It really just shows you how immature Boone is. It shows you how entitled he is. I feel like you can be both. You can, but this is entitlement, not immaturity. Well, you could argue that his immaturity in the sense that he doesn't realize that someone in Australia does not give a fuck about what he does. You could also argue that it's entitlement. We could both just be right. I don't know why we're trying to like one up each other. Because I don't really feel like this points to immaturity, like a little bit, but it's more just. It points to immaturity in the sense that he's like, oh, I can't solve this problem. Maybe my mom can. Okay, fine. I'm going to give you that one. But I'm not admitting that I'm wrong. I'm just admitting that you're also right with me. Which is what I was. Nope. Whatever. Whatever. I have won this one. <laughs> you literally did not. You admitted I was also right, which to you hey, is like a failure. You watch your mouth before I take it back. I'll burn this podcast to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the cop eventually says that without an official complaint, nothing can be done. Then Boone confronts Brian and offers him $25,000 to leave Shannon alone. He says that he loves her and his love equals $50,000, which Boone cuts him a check. Low balled him. I would have gone for at least hundred K. Yeah. How much do you love Kate? I can cut you a check for $12 right now. Just $12. <laughs> I can give you six now and six when I get paid next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of money. I got some headphones to buy. Kate and Son are working in the garden, and Kate tells Son a bullshit story about how she was going to Bali to explore the island and ended up on a flight to LA instead. I had a string of thoughts right here. My first thought was, oh, Kate's just practicing her lying because she thinks that Son doesn't understand her, and Son is sitting here going, this fucking liar. (laughs) Yeah, this really pissed me off. I was like, this is just an unnecessary lie. But... Then I thought, we don't know that for sure. She ran to Australia. Maybe she was going to run to Bali next because when she says, somehow I ended up on a flight to LA, that's when I thought, maybe it's not a lie. Like she really was just going to continue running. She's a fugitive. She's going to continue running to Bali, but she ended up getting caught. She's on a flight to LA. So I'm like, you know what? She might not be lying in her own she is lying by omission. She's acting like, oh, I'm just a traveler. I just travel and stuff. But I think, like, in her own twisted way, that's the truth. I, I think it was more she's practicing her lying. If you remember back in Walkabout, Michael asked her what she was doing on Oceanic A15 and luckily didn't have to answer the question. I think she's like, I got to get a story straight. No, but she, that doesn't even make sense because... She just says, somehow I ended up on a flight to L.A. That doesn't explain how she ended up on a flight to L.A. at all. Like, that just leaves more mystery. She should have just been like, I was going to go explore California. Like, if that's her lie, the whole Bali thing, it just makes no sense. I think it 
it doesn't make sense, but it's also a safer bet because if it's like, oh, I had no intentions of going to LA because you could assume a good majority of the people on that flight all live in LA. Not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them do because that's where they were all going home. As Kate rightfully pointed out, we only have one Australian. (laughs) Okay, but who cares? To think you're like, oh, I'm going to LA for this specific reason. Someone who lives in LA might be able to be like, that doesn't make sense. If she says I ended up here on a whim, that makes more. That is a little easy, harder to poke a hole into. Okay, but then she has to explain what the whim is. How did she end up on this flight to LA when her intentions were go- to go to Bali? It only poses more questions, and it's going to cause people to ask for more information. Whereas if she were just to be like, "Yeah, um, I wanted to go to Bali, but you know." I decided to go to LA to whatever, go to Joshua tree. Who cares? True. You know, we don't know. She might've just been bouncing off different stories thinking that son didn't understand her, but I, I do think like that was my initial thought was like, son just doesn't understand her. So she's just kind of like fucking around living in this like dream world. I just don't get the point of saying, I guess it doesn't matter because she thought son didn't understand her anyway. Yeah, which when Kate makes that joke about being careful what you wish for, Sun laughs and Kate puts together that Sun understands what she's saying. I do have one problem. Mm. Is Kate saying in that scene she's never just laughed because she doesn't know what someone's saying to them? (laughs) I do that all the time. (laughs) That is true. But I feel like I do that because... I'm expected to know what somebody is saying where I don't think son would be doing that because everybody knows she can't understand. So like, she would just kind of like smile and nod, but like, I think the laughter was more of like a knowing laughter. Like we're in on the same joke type of thing because I, I get what you're saying. I do that literally all the time, but it's more of like a politeness thing, but like she doesn't have to be polite because and nobody expects her to understand took that way more literal than I intended. I was just kidding. Oh, well, fuck you then. Sorry, I don't know why I decided to go on the whole thing. Jin and Hurley are fishing. Jin is having great success. And Hurley Hurley finally admits defeat and steps on a sea urchin. Jin helps Hurley to the shore and just the funniest scene. This is what I was talking about earlier when he is just screaming, pee on it, pee on it. <laughs> Jin, Jin knows enough English to say no. That was great. That was, that was a really, that was good. Yeah, the, Hurley and Charlie are like the known comedic duo, but Jin is just great. <laughs> it's just so much funnier that he doesn't speak English, but like anybody knows no matter the language, I don't want to pee on you, dude. <laughs> Is that true? It's true for a jellyfish thing. I don't know about for a sea urchin. But what is they kind of just yada yada over what they do for Hurley's foot. I'm sure Jack the Savior came in and did something. Or maybe maybe Locke came in an untreated wound. <laughs> Saeed is making a compass in the jungle. I knew it was a compass before they said it. You know why? This is random. Because one time, my dental hygienist randomly taught me how to make a compass in the woods with a leaf, a bobby pin, and a puddle of water. And that's what he was doing. 
And I was like, that's a fucking compass. Don't you need a magnet too? No, bruh. The earth is like a magnet. Well, that no took a needle and he was rubbing it against a piece of metal. I don't know what that was. It's you don't need a magnet. The whole point is that the earth's magnetic pole, like you stick it and then it'll, it'll turn a point North question. Mm -hmm. Why would it turn? The whole thing is metal. Why would a specific portion of it point North? Because it's a stick. Don't ask questions. I was taught this by a dental hygienist okay, when but I like, was like 10 years how old. How do you know which way is north if the whole thing is metal? If you put you magnetic just, dust on one end of the bobby of the needle like Saeed did, that is the end that's going to be pulled towards north because of the magnetic pull. Listen here, you little shit. I don't know. And Google you know it. why I know this? Because I knew that Saeed was making a magnet because I did this in my fourth grade science class. And what we did was we rubbed a needle on a magnet. Okay, but you don't <laughs> have to have a magnet. I'm, I'm telling you. I am telling you. No, stop. Stop it. I'm going to Google it. Stop it. I'm telling you. It, it, you wouldn't know that you would look at the sun, the sun would tell you which way is east or west, and then the needle, and then you could decipher north. I already found it. You don't need a magnet. A needle, a leaf, and some water. Okay, but like, how do you know which way the needle is pointing? Because it will orient north-south. So, okay, here's my... Here's my needle. Okay. It has now oriented itself north-south. I don't know which side is north and which side is south, but I know that it's morning time and the sun is over there. So that's east. Okay. You get okay. it? That's a, that's a good point. Why did you need the fucking compass if you had the sun to begin with? Because now <laughs> I, can, I can carry my compass around in my little bowl you and know I will where know, the sun is no matter what. But it's a more specific. I don't know, but he's doing it. All I'm telling you, <laughs> regardless of whether you have to rub the needle on a magnet or not, the sun is always there. So why did he do it in the fir- at all? It doesn't make any sense. It was just so they could Stop. have this compass scene. I think it's just so we could have this argument. That's the whole reason <laughs> they did this. Well, actually... I learned in my research for this episode that these scenes were added later to fill runtime. I edit, I get the final say. Editing Zane here, back again, from National Park Service's website, nps.gov. Materials needed to make a compass? Small bar magnet or refrigerator magnet. First step, to magnetize the needle. Rub a magnet along the needle a few times in one direction only. So get fucked, Lauren. The thing you love the most betrayed you. National Parks. Locke finds Saeed making the compass and asks what he's doing so far out in the jungle. Locke lies that Boone told him to take the day off and he wants to hunt on his own and earn his keep. Saeed finds the idea humorous. Locke then asks what Saeed is doing all the way out there and he tells him he's trying to figure out Danielle's maps, but he's not having any luck. Locke compliments Saeed's compass, and we learn that Locke was a Weebelow, which is between a Cub Scout and an Eagle Scout. 
And Locke says that he was not a popular kid. He then gives Saeed his compass. And when Saeed asks if he'll need it, he says, not anymore. Are you shocked at all that we learned that Locke was not a popular kid? Not even a little bit. Boone is still tied up, but this time he hears Shannon calling for help. And she says that she is also tied up. Let me be, I I just want to say this. And it is backed up by my notes. When he, my first thought was that this is not real. He's just hearing things. I was like, it's the island doing its weird island shit again. Like he's just hearing things. And I, I thought that until he ran and actually saw her. Seeing her is what made you think it was real, even though we saw Christian? Yes, because Christian is dead. And so there was no doubt in my mind that that was a hallucination. But like, I'm thinking, he's just hearing her, this is whatever. And then he saw her and I was like, oh no, Locke is fucking batshit. Like, I was so mad. I was sustained anger for most of this episode like i was so mad sorry continue boone finally gets the proper motivation and grabs the knife and frees himself he runs towards shannon and cuts her free from the tree as well and they hightail it into the jungle because the monster is coming towards them they eventually lose it by hiding in one of the banyan trees but it bashes into the side of the tree a few times i was really hoping we were going to see the monster and now i get why we didn't i mean other reasons why we didn't but like i was really hoping we were gonna see it saeed asks jack while they walk through the jungle which way is north jack determines with the sun which way north is once again proving that a compass is pointless and saeed says he is correct this is where it was confirmed hottie of the week and he said it means that this what is he uh, <laughs> He says this compass is obviously defective. He says it means this compass is obviously defective. And that was awesome. I don't know why I loved it. So that's where he won Hottie of the Week for sure. But also, let me just say, I'm going to put it on the record right now. I don't think that compass is defective. Let me explain first and then I'll ask you why. Saeed shows that the compass is off by several bearings and explains that a minor magnetic anomaly could explain it being off by a couple bearings. Then he says the compass is obviously defective and he got it from Locke. This leaves Jack wondering why Locke was so close to camp when he should be hunting. Why do you think the compass is not defective? Have you ever watched this show? This island is not as it seems. I think the compass is not defective. It's just trying to show them some funky shit's happening here. And I don't know anything more than that, but I'm willing to bet all six of my dollars that I have right now that the compass is not defective. Give me a theory. I don't know enough about anything to give a theory. Like, okay, weird... Okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. No, I got it. I got a theory. So we know that there's the others. And I have stated before that they have been doing some illegal shit. 
I think that something to do with this operation, maybe their polar bear farm, they've got something electromagnetic shit that is affecting the magnetic shit of this island. And that is scientific lingo. It's interesting to me that you go others instead of hatch in your theory. I am assuming that the hatch has to do with the others. Why? The hatch is on the island and the others are on the island. But the survivors are on the island and so is Danielle. Not everything is correlated. I, I, that's just what I've thought. I didn't really put much thought into like, I mean, yeah, I guess the hatch. I don't know. I'm just saying like somebody is doing something on this island that's fucking with the gravitational pull the gravitational pull or the magnetic pull? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, not, not gravity. <laughs> That's why the plane crashed. What would it be like if gravity was never invented? Maybe that is why the plane crashed. The magnetic, it's all coming together. If the magnetic shit is, is fucked on this island, then it could have like, that could have made the plane go and then crash i'm putting that on the record right now based off of me making a joke about you being wrong about your words you think the you think magnets cause the plane to crash magnets (laughs) yeah i do actually that is that is now my theory on why the plane crashed magnets (laughs) electromagnetic frequencies (laughs) like i can't tell if you're making that face because i'm so wrong or so right i think i'm so right whether you're right or wrong which i will not tell you it's your logic that's making me make this face i was joking that because the gravitational pull of the island was fucked up the plane was ripped out of the sky that's what i was making the joke about you're saying I get that, but it reminded me that magnets are magnets and that planes are metal and magnets and metal go boom. Okay, well then why did the fuselage and the cockpit stay where they are on the island rather than moving towards whatever this magnetic pole is? Because the whole island is the magnetic pole. Okay, then why are It's not like there's one big fucking magnet just sitting on the island. It's like the whole island is giving off of like this electromagnet... Look, I'm not a magnet scientist. I'm just saying that I think this is why the plane crashed. And I think I'm going to be proven right. Moving on. (laughs) What are your thoughts about Jack's concerns over Locke? Uh, I'm team Jack. Yeah, I said it. I I think Locke is fucking creepy. I just do. I I'm just I, I'm not into Locke this episode. I think he's done some good things in the past, and I've been Team Locke before. I'm not today. Do you think that maybe he's right? He did get the ability to walk again. Like if anyone deserves to be a cult leader, listen. Good for you. You had a miracle happen to you. That does not give you the right to tie people up and throw knives at them. It does not give you the right to knock people out and then put some kind of hallucinogenic on their wound. It doesn't. I don't care if, if he was cured. 
you know what? I was thinking, because apparently this podcast has taken over my life. I was just randomly thinking one day, not only did this island give him his ability to walk, but if he was in that wheelchair for four years, right? Right. His muscles would have atrophied to the point where even if he had the ability to walk, he would still need aggressive physical therapy to regain the muscle strength to walk. So what, the island gave him his ability to walk and leg muscles? The island said, here's a hundred leg days for you. Maybe just don't think about that too much. (laughs) Sorry, but I think about it in my spare time. Boone and Shannon determine that the coast is clear and begin to leave the safety of the banyan tree. When Shannon asks what Boone did to Locke to make him tie them up and leave them in the jungle. Boone says he didn't do anything. Shannon starts to say that she knows that they're up to something, but he cuts her off and states that they need to go back to camp. We get another flashback. This one was flashback heavy. As opposed to last week. We got, like, what, three? Shannon opens the door and lets Boone in. But she says he was supposed to come later. Boone asks if she has any bags. And when she's hesitant to leave, Brian comes in. And Boone starts to put two and two together. He realizes that it was a setup. Brian explains that she was just getting what is owed to her because... When her father died, Boone's mother kept all of the money. Boone realizes that this is not the first time. He calls her a bitch, causing Boone and Brian to come to blows. While Boone gets his ass kicked, Shannon pulls him off and Boone leaves. So this is kind of Shannon's move. She, she says, help me, step bro. I'm stuck in an abusive relationship. And then <laughs> somehow they end up sleeping together. I don't get it. What are you what are you making a joke about? Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually hilarious to say that because I don't know if you read my notes, but earlier I wrote, help me step bro, I'm tied to a tree. <laughs> but I still don't get it. I just went going back to when the cop was like, no blood relation. Really force. <laughs> yeah. I might have to put a, like, a mom skip the next couple seconds. She won't get it. I mean, if she gets it. Oh, God. (laughs) So this is Shannon's move. What do you think about it? That's shitty. And you know what my my first thought was? Uh Uh-oh, we have another sad hottie. God. Little physical trauma, too. He's getting his ass kicked this episode. I know. I literally thought... Sad hottie, and then he got his ass kicked, and I was like, Oh my god, he's trying to be hottie of the week. <laughs> but alas, this goes to my man Saeed. But yeah, that's really shitty. That's like really fucked up. Boone loses out on another girl to Saeed. Oh no, no, stop it. That's <laughs> gross. Okay, anyway. Yeah, really shitty on Shannon's part. Uh, And it's sad because I was just starting to like her. Okay, so we don't know a lot, but it sounds like Boone's mom kept money that didn't necessarily belong to her. Or that Shannon didn't get anything left from her father. Mm Mm-hmm. So she has to steal from Boone. I get it that it's not Boone's money. It's his mom's money, which is 
I don't know. It goes back to that entitlement thing. Like, I don't know the whole story. It could be like an evil stepmother situation, but at the same time, it's her wedding empire. So. But she didn't get any of her father's inheritance because it went all to her stepmom. Look, that's shitty, but that's decided by, unless her dad didn't have a will in place, but when you're rich like that, you always have it in place. So that's her dad's fault. Sorry. I want you to hold on to that thought for a while. Look, I don't wholeheartedly believe that. Like, I do think it it probably is a shitty situation for her. But aside from the money, like pretending to be in abusive relationships to steal from your family. Ouch. Like, what if... Boone came in there one day and decided not to fight with money, but to like do something serious. What if Boone committed a crime because he thought he was protecting his sister and then he ends up in jail or something or worse dead because you're pulling this shit. Like, I just don't think it's okay. I agree. But I think she knows Boone. will. she's, she's manipulating the fuck out of him in this entire episode. She knows Boone will immediately go to the checkbook. True. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, You can't guarantee that every time. Jack joins Locke by asking him if he sees any ships. Locke's staring out at the ocean. Locke says no, but he's patient, which is a very true statement about John Locke. This is where Jack starts to begin his interrogation over Locke. Says it's been a while since they've talked. He asks where Boone is, and Locke says that he hasn't seen him all day. But Jack counters with, he knows that they've been attached to the hip all week. Then he asks why, how the boar hunting is going. And Locke has a pretty good lie here about how they're migrating out of the valley because of a new predator. Uh, my and first thought when Locke said that was, uh, yeah, Locke, you are a predator. <laughs> what do you think about Locke essentially just giving up on hunting and just focusing on the hatch? Do you think like in the long run, this is going to be dangerous? It doesn't seem like food is that big of a concern because Jack does say there's a lot of fish to go around. I think to completely stop hunting and focus all of his energy on the hatch is selfish. Like, I don't know what the hatch will lead to, but it just like, he also doesn't know what it will lead to. It could be nothing. It could be a metal, empty metal box for all he knows. So to just stop hunting, which is kind of his role on the island, it it just seems selfish. Spend half the day hunting and half the day staring at your box. Or just every other day. Yeah, I just like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And obviously it's going to like pay off. I know just because I know that they get into the hatch later. I don't know what the payoff is as far as if it brings any benefit to the island. Cause I really only know about the code, but like he has no idea. And so to me, it just doesn't make sense to put this much energy into it. Kate and son are walking through the jungle and son reveals that only Michael knows about the fact that she can speak English and begs Kate not to say anything. And Kate says that she can keep a secret. Duh. Do you think at this point, Kate realizes that son knows about her? No, I don't think she's put it together. Sun explains that her English lessons were when she was in Korea and that she cannot tell Jin because she loves him. 
Have you ever not lied to a man you loved? That shut Kate up. Yeah, because she lies to everybody. What do you think about Sun and Jin's relationship at this point? I feel like because of the little moment that they share, like they're like smiling at each other. She's kind of like, we've gotten better on this island. And if I reveal this secret to him, it's just going to like, they're going to regress. And that's how I feel too. Like, I think if she tells him, oh, I know English, it's going to be like, well, why? When did you do that? Why didn't you tell me? It's going to just bring everything up. And like, that's a lot to come back from. Do you think that'll happen? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Nothing good that ever stays on this island. Yeah. Hurley asks if Jin can secretly speak English. And when he doesn't respond, he yells, sun is hot. Jin gives him a sea urchin, and Hurley asks if this is payback. He asks if, if he eats it, will Jin give him a fish? Jin nods. That is a huge, just like, faith to take in that nod. Jin has no idea what Hurley is saying. Like, why does he think that this is working? I don't know. I just feel like you, you know when somebody understands you. Hurley looks at the sea urchin and says, what I say every time I take a shot, over the lips, past the gums, yada yada. Oh God. Because I you don't actually, know the rest of it. You actually say that when you take a shot? Yeah, because I don't I do not like taking shots. I hate taking shots. Like when I take a shot, it's like, oh, do I have to? And everybody's like, yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. and then I do it and then I complain more. So Kate and I uh, are a couple months apart. So I graduated before she did. So I was still able to go out with her and stuff to like the bars on campus. And her and her brother and her friends, anytime we'd go out, let's do some shots first. Kate did shots of gin once, which I didn't know was a thing. I've never done a shot of gin. I like mixed drinks with gin, but I like shots of vodka are disgusting. The only thing that I can like take a shot of and not like completely hate my life is tequila. Oh, I love tequila. <laughs> yeah, that's a quote from Tequila Lauren. She lived and died in our Lear of Our Lord 2017. Lear of Our Lord? The Year of Our Lord 2017. <laughs> I like tequila shots as well. Uh, I can do vodka. It's not my favorite, but, but the vodka. worst is Jaeger. I haven't done a shot of Jaeger in a long time. I've got some like spiced Jaeger in the freezer that I did a shot of when I had COVID because my throat hurt so bad that I thought maybe this ice cold spiced Christmas Jaeger will be my cure. It wasn't, but it wasn't bad. What about rum? Mm, I don't think I've drank rum I only drink that like seasonally, like spiced rum for Christmas. And I think I did shots. uh, Last time would be at a Michigan tailgate as in the. The game. The game when I was in college. It was a long time ago. What's your drink of choice? (laughs) A Negroni. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, I've never had a Negroni. Um, Honestly, like if I could pick anything I'd drink a Bloody Mary. Really? I'm not you're, like a, you're such mom. I love Bloody Marys. It's the only thing. But uh, to be honest, like if I go to a bar, I just get like a a beer. But that's more so because I'm cheap. 
In college, I drank a lot of Long Islands and vodka cranberries. I'm a rum and coke guy, but people say that I'm 12 because I do that. Oh, you know what? At a wedding, I'm a, I'm a Jack and Coke girl. I get a lot of Jack and Cokes at weddings, but I only drink them at weddings. I'm not really sure why. So Hurley does the, the sea urchin shot and throws up. Nice. Do you know what I thought? Urchin? No, I've never had sea urchin. You know what I thought in this moment? For some reason, I thought that he wasn't supposed to eat it, that he was supposed to put it on his foot. <laughs> and that he was going to go to eat it. And then Jim was going to be like, no, like, and like show him. So I was waiting for that bit. That was not the bit. Instead, it was vomit. Jack gives Charlie a pill and then offers some help with firewood. Jack is checking in with Charlie, asking why he hasn't seen him around the caves. Charlie explains that he needed a change of scenery. Jack asks how Charlie is feeling, which causes him to snap. He points out his withdrawal. He points out how Claire is still missing. And Jack jokes that the pill was to help with the withdrawal. And that kind of relieves some of the tension and they laugh a little bit. They did just kind of skip over the fact that it doesn't seem like anybody's looking for Claire at this point. Yeah, they basically have. And you know what? Maybe it's because they think that Locke and Boone are looking for her, but they really, they're just not. They're just like, oh, well, she's abducted. That sucks. And the other thing is, how did they just magically have this medication for withdrawal? Ibuprofen. That's all he's giving him? Yeah. You for know what? Headaches. I thought he said that. He didn't say ibuprofen. He said like Advil or Tylenol or something like that. I thought that's what he They're said. All the same. Doesn't matter. Shut up. I thought he said that, but I was like, I must have misheard. Jack then asks what Charlie thinks about Locke. Charlie says that at first he thought he thought he was a serial killer. You know what? I started to type out me and Charlie are on the same page. Actually, I typed Charlie and I because I have good grammar. And then he started to be like, but I trust him with my life. And I fucking deleted it. I was <laughs> like, never mind. Charlie goes as far to say that if he were to put his faith in anyone on the island, it would be John Locke. Me and Charlie are on the same page. Charlie and Charlie I. Charlie and I. Michael opens a small box and looks at the contents until Walt and Vincent come running in, playing with a tennis ball. Michael looks ever so lovingly at his son. Early says that he's happy that Michael found his bag. Calling it right now. Next week, Michael and Walt episode. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, and now I'm going to tell myself I saw the thumbnail for next week. <laughs> God damn. I, I was shocked. I for sure thought you were going to guess it was a Locke episode just because of how much Locke was talked about in this episode. No, if I hadn't have seen it, I would have guessed Hurley. We didn't really get any like personal details on Hurley, but it's just like we had a lot of Hurley this week. Uh, no, and I saw the thumbnail and I was like, oh, that's definitely a flashback of Michael. So damn you, Hulu. Yeah, sorry. What do you think's in the box? What's in the box? I have no idea. Maybe like, next week. Maybe like uh, my guess is going to be like baby pictures of Walt. Jin walks up and gives Hurley a fish that is already gutted. And then Jin and Sh- son share this tender, almost like, how was your day, honey, moment. And Kate watches them from the distance as she's filling her water bottles. Jack says that they look happy. And then he gives her slimy little bluish black thingies, which are guava seeds. 
Have you ever had guava? I have not. I had guava for the first time last week. Yeah? It was weird. Fun fact, Kate is allergic to guava. What do you think about the fact that Jack and Kate are just, like, over last week? I thought that was dumb. Like, it it kind of reminded me of, like, not speaking from experience or anything, but, like, when one of your parents would totally blow up on you and everybody would be screaming at each other and then you kind of just disappear to different rooms for a really long time and then later you just come back together and ask like it never happened and everybody's just like haha it's fine that's what it reminded me of like it felt in the beginning like a little bit of tension where they both were kind of like are we going to talk about this are we not and he does give that little bit of a jab then they're just like whatever here's some icky seeds and we don't care that kate's a liar and jack is a Pushy little bitch. (laughs) Shannon asks if Boone is sure that this is the direction back to camp. She tells him that it is his fault that they are out there and that she knows that he and Locke were not hunting and that they're up to something. Shannon asks why he is keeping secrets for this guy. And Boone says that this guy is the only one who has a clue of what's really going on here. Shannon then reminds him that Locke tied them up and left them in the jungle and then asks why. Boone tells her about the hatch. Boone says that he wanted to tell her and that's why Locke tied them up. Then the monster attacks again. And while they run away, the monster grabs Shannon and drags her away. I jumped. Like, I, like, grabbed my thigh. I don't really know. I was scared. You jumped and grabbed your thigh. Like, I, I, like... Jumped and like, it was a weird reaction, but it scared the <laughs> shit out of me, let me tell you. And then I thought that she died. And I was like, wow, we're just killing people now. I was like, oh, okay. Boone searches for her and we get our final flashback. And I hate it so much. Shannon arrives at Boone's place. He's icing his face from the fight from before. And Shannon explains that Brian took the money and left her. Boone has no sympathy, but Shannon says that she knew that he would bring the money because he is in love with her. He calls her drunk and delusional and sick, and she starts putting the moves on him, and he tells her to stop but doesn't mean it, and then they kiss, and then they have sex. Post-coital, Shannon tells Boone that when they get back to L.A., that he should tell his mom that he rescued her again and that they will go back to the way it was. Like it's all up to you, Boone says. And Shannon tells him to get dressed. It was a weird scene. Maybe I'm just desensitized because I've been watching House of the Dragon or whatever that shit's called. It was weird. Like I was watching it and I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. Like they're not related. But like 10 and 12. They've been a brother and sister for 10 years. Like, yucky, yucky, yuck. I don't know. It felt weird. And then the fact that, like, then she just was like, all right, this never happened. We're going back to how it was. I was like, that almost made it worse. Like, it made it more gross because she was like, I just needed a quick bang with my stepbrother. Now we're all good. Help me, step bro. He took all my money that I stole from you. 
I don't know. It was weird. It was it was just so uncomfortable. And then just like knowing that I had to talk about this with you. Yeah. You know and what? that our parents listen to this podcast. They've seen it. It's fine. Yeah, it was weird. So you must have like a pretty negative opinion of Shannon now. Yeah. I don't hate her though. It's hard for me. There's like flashback Shannon and there's Island Shannon. Exactly. And that's how I feel about a lot of the characters. Like I don't like her in the flashbacks, but like on the Island, I don't mind her. Boone finds Shannon's blood in a river or Creek. And then he finds her body. The monster had killed her. He holds her in his arms and tries to wake her up and cries. I didn't think she was dead. You didn't? I thought he's going to carry her body back to camp and Jack was going to save her. That's what I thought. I mean, her eyes were glazed over. (laughs) I just didn't think she was dead. I was like, is this a fucking Game of Thrones show? Are we killing main characters season one? Like, I just didn't think she was dead. So it looked like Shannon was picked up by the monster. Yeah, and then like gouged and then dropped on the rocks. It would make sense that she's dead. Does it look like she has like kind of like talon marks here? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Editing Zane here back one more time. Earlier I referenced asking her a question at the end of the episode. The question was going to be, do you think the monster was real or was it part of the hallucination? I decided not to ask her because I was afraid that I may reveal something about the monster based off of how Shannon's body was found, and we will get into it later when the monster is finally revealed. Boone attacks Locke with his knife, saying that the monster killed Shannon, and he blames Locke. So when Boone starts walking back without Shannon, that's when I went back to my original theory. This isn't real. Because I was like, no way. He wouldn't just come back without her. He's not rushing to get help. I guess he's just like, oh, she's totally dead. There's nothing I can do. But this is when my mind went, no way. No way they're going to reveal that it was all a hallucination because there's just, I just didn't believe it. And I was right because I'm a genius. Locke is confused. Boone says that Shannon died in his arms, which I don't think is true. I'm pretty sure she was just dead when he got there. Yeah, she didn't show any signs of life. He he just wants to be dramatic. Yeah. Locke points out how there's no blood on Boone. And that's when he realizes it was all a hallucination. Locke points out that Shannon is standing with Saeed filling bottles and flirting. Because he's been porking his sister, as you said. Locke asks what he saw, and Boone realizes that he was drugged. When, when Locke said that, and he said, that's what it showed you, I thought he meant the island. <laughs> or the monster. I thought he meant the island or the monster. And then when, when Boone was like, that stuff you put on my head, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's a better explanation for that. I literally thought, huh. Somehow Locke teamed up with the island to start fucking with these people. I was like, that's amazing. I gave you an experience I believe is vital to your survival of this island. It was only as real as you made it. I hate Locke. Now, let me be clear. When I thought Shannon was dead, I was outraged. I was like, 
we can't just let this guy run around doing all this shit. Like he has to be stopped. What are the laws of this Island? Like leader Jack needs to step up. I was like, this is crazy. My biggest thing was just, how do you punish this? He just caused somebody to die. Now I'm not as outraged because nobody died and it's all well and good, but like he can't be doing this shit. And, and this is, nope, I'm jumping ahead. Boone says he saw her die, and Locke asks how he felt. Boone says he felt relieved. Ouch. I did not expect that. Then Locke says it's time to let go. Again, maybe Jack should have been in the jungle this entire time. Boone looks at Shannon and back at Locke. Locke grabs his bag and tells Boone to follow him. He looks back at Shannon and Saeed and then follows Locke into the jungle. And that is how the episode ends. And that is why Boone doesn't get hottie of the week. Because after all of that, he should have looked at Locke and said, you are a nutcase and I'm not doing anything with you anymore. Stay away from me and my sister. And he, and he just follows him back into the island. You could have taken that experience and said, okay, I have learned to let go of my stepsister but I'm still not going to work with you, you crazy person. Okay. I agree. However, all Locke did was drug him and leave him in the jungle tied up. Are you joking right now? All he he did? did? Okay. Okay. He's fine. Shannon is not dead. We don't even, I personally do not even think the monster was there. Zane. He's fine. If somebody, let me ask you this right now. If somebody took your dog, tied him up, left him in the woods, and threw a knife at him, how would you feel? If someone took my dog, I'd be mad, but I don't know how Locke would feel. Locke's the one who went through Okay, you fucking dick. First of all, Locke is stupid. He'd probably still like the guy. Then let me be very clear. If somebody tied me up in the woods and gave me a knife to get myself out and drugged me, I don't care if I came out without a scratch on me. I would never talk to that person ever again and I would report them to the freaking police. Which is, I'm Jack. I'm going to report him to Jack. I'm going well, to tell Saeed. I would tell Saeed a hundred percent, except I feel like with this whole thing with Saeed and Shannon, it would be like kind of weird, but I would tell Jack because are you joking? That's insane. That is psychotic. And I'm definitely not going back into the woods with him. Boone's an idiot. Is Locke at a point of no return for you? Probably not. Because <laughs> two weeks ago, you were like, Jack's the hottie of the week, man. And then the week later, fuck Jack. <laughs> Look, I don't like the way I think Locke is already, I called this, power trip. He's getting away with too much shit. Like, I just, he could be redeemed, but I really don't like it. And if he keeps on this path. It's all going to come crashing down. Yes, the pun was intended. Yeah. Like, there's no way he can't sustain this level of crazy. Nothing good can come of it. 
What do you think about the fact that Boone was relieved? Weird. It's weird. I almost feel like it was like a toxic relationship without it. I, I guess it is a relationship. It's not a, it wasn't a romantic relationship, but he made it romantic. Cause like he was in love with her, but it was like this toxic relationship that they had that almost in a way, I'm not going to say abusive, but like she manipulated him. She used him and then she comes and she seduces him. And then it's like, that meant nothing. Just absolutely like chews him up and spits him out. So I get it. It's like, he probably still loved her despite all of that. But deep down, he was like, I finally, like with her dying quote, it's like he's released from having to feel that way anymore. So I get it, but oh, ouch. Closing thoughts? I say this hesitantly for some reason. I really liked this episode. I also hated this episode. It made me feel a lot of things, which, so I'm going to say it was a good episode. I liked it because it, it was like a really good balance of, I wanted to throw my TV at the wall. And also it was funny. (laughs) So like, it, it was good. I feel like it was a good, it was a good one. Things feel like they're kind of revving up lately on the island. Yeah, I mean, mostly Locke. He kind of feels like the driving force behind the show, I think, as far as island life, and not in a good way. (laughs) And also, I'm sad that we only got to see a little bit of Sawyer, and it was flashback Sawyer, so it doesn't count. Oh, yeah, he was not even in this episode, Mm -mm. other than the flashback. I didn't even think about that. Well, you were right. Next week is a Walt and Michael episode. It is titled Special. I'm excited for that. I've been itching for some info on Michael and Walt. Me too. It's got one of my favorite scenes as well as one of the beginning of one of my favorite storylines in season one. So it's a good and one. Let me clarify. Is this a Michael and Walt flashback or is this a Michael, Walt and Vincent flashback? Vincent is there, but in the same way that Shannon was in this episode in the flashbacks, but it was not a Shannon-centric episode. It is not a Vincent-centric episode. What a shame. Well, I'm excited. And if you want more of us and you just can't wait until next week, you can check us out on our social medias. You can find us on TikTok at laurengetslost.pod, on Instagram at laurengetslostpod, and on Twitter at laurengetslost. Don't forget to rate us five stars wherever you're listening follow us turn on the notifications so you never miss an episode tell your friends tell your family tell your parole officer and come back next week thank you for listening to lauren gets lost this podcast is hosted by and edited by zane kohler with co-host lauren kohler produced by kate wister and our music is by david kohler and remember they were not dead the whole time